This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Gooder. If you are looking for cute, fun, durable sunglasses, you need to check out Gooder. They don't slip around when you run. They have really fun designs. They also have really classic designs. Um, I love the aviator shades that they have, but I also love their really fun, bright colors as well. Love to wear those to race in and things like that. You all can check out and save when you go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another 15. That's gooder.com slash another. Use the code another one five. Today, you are listening to episode 326. And my guest is Abdi Abderhaman. Abdi is a Somalian born runner and he is a five time Olympian competing for the United States in the 10,000 meters and the marathon. He made his fifth Olympic team at the 2020 marathon trials at the age of 43. He has a new book coming out that I have already read and loved so much. I loved learning about his life. So many details. I mean, his career has been so long and there are so many details that I had missed as a fan of the sport. The book is called Obdi's World, Lessons on Life, Running and Fun from a Five-Time Olympian. You got to check out this book. I learned so much. And we're going to talk about some of the things I learned in this episode of the podcast. I've really wanted to have Abdi on the show for a long time. So when his publisher reached out and asked if he could come on because he's promoting this book, I was like, yes, I've wanted him on the show forever. So this was really exciting for me to interview him. Before we get started talking with Abdi, I want to ask you if you have not done so and you like this show, if you're enjoying it, could you leave me a rating and review on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening on? That is super helpful in potential new listeners finding us. It really, really means a lot to me. I read those reviews, check in on them. One of the most recent reviews says, I love listening to Lindsay interview, amazing guests. She keeps the conversation fun and casual. She chooses great questions I would want to ask and you always leave with new inspiration for your day. And that new inspiration is for sure because I have these amazing guests who have given us their time to share their knowledge and wisdom and hopefully inspire each of us as we walk through our days. That was from runner 361326. Thank you so much. And through the month of August, any new reviews we get from now through the end of August, I'm going to do a drawing for a pair of Gooder sunglasses. So I'm going to be checking all of those new reviews. And if you go leave a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen, send Emma, my assistant, an email, and we will add you to the list to be in the drawing for a giveaway of Gooder sunglasses. Email her at emma at sandyboyproductions.com. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Abdi. All right. Well, today on the podcast, I am so excited to have Abdi Abda Rahman on the show. Welcome to the show, Abdi. Well, thank you for having me. I just finished your book. I got to read it before it's even out to the world, and I finished it today. 
congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I hope you liked it. I did. You know, I've, I've followed your story on and off throughout the very long career that you've had. And it was so fun to kind of get your breakdown of all of the seasons, the ups, the downs. I mean, this is a long career you've had. So very well done, very well written. And I'm so excited for listeners to read it as well. So anyway, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, I'm just in Flagstaff, Arizona, just getting ready for the Olympics in a few weeks. A few weeks. Long time coming, right? Yep. So, okay. Tell us what this year has been like for you. It's been a crazy year, and here we are. It's like the Olympics were postponed. Now we're finally walking into what we've been waiting for for a very long time. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Um. You know, just I, I'm feeling as good as I could. You know, just and and I know it's been a, it's been a two difficult years last year and this year. You know, we are not still at the woods, but you know, just we making the best out of everything. And I'm and I'm glad we're only a few like, just a few weeks away from Tokyo Olympics, which is an amazing and it's a great thing to see the Olympics are coming up soon and that just means the world is moving. Forward, we are, you know, we are getting, we are getting over the pandemic, hopefully, and things are getting better. So that's just a sign of a world getting back to normal. And I know it's been a difficult for the last year and a half. Yeah, you know, talking to you after finishing your book, I feel like once you read someone's book, it's like you feel like you know them way better than they will ever know you because I've I've read through like you know, how you felt throughout these seasons of your career. And I've been trying to think like, where do I want to take this interview? Where do I want to go with it? Because there's so many, so many places we could go. But let's just start with this being your your fifth Olympics. And, and really like your first Olympics being in 2000, you've been around through six Olympics cycles as far as running at this level. So Let's just ask the most obvious question. What does it mean to you for this to be the fifth Olympic team that you've made? To be honest, for me as an athlete, you know, just it is what it is. I just I'm proud of it and it's a great accomplishment, but I don't look at it as a, anything special. You know, I just for me, I just just happen to do the right thing, surround myself with great people and just I just keep it simple. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's just like I know the running that you know making five Olympic does not define me. It just you know the people you know people do know me like how many Olympics I made. Like five Olympics is amazing. It's like a long career, but at the end of the day, they don't know what what does it take to make a five Olympics, and that's one of the reasons that I wrote the book so people can experience my life, my my journey. So five Olympics from at the young age in Somalia to all the way getting to 2020 Tokyo, which is, I think, is great. Yeah. I mean, what is it that makes you want to keep competing at this level so long into your career? I mean, you know, one of the things in the book that kept coming up is, you know, a lot of the names that you have trained with in the past and names that you brought up. I was like, man, those people retired a long time ago. So what is it that makes you keep coming back? Oh, my God. I just, to be honest, I just love the sports of running and I enjoy it. Just, you know, I do take care of myself. And 
And you know, at the end of the day, people ask me that question all the time, and I wish I have a definition, like I have an <laughs> answer or something that I can give them. Just but I don't have only the thing that I can say is I love running, and I still enjoy running. I you know, for me, just just like running, a lot of people they say they get burned out. For me, I never get burned out. <laughs> And I never will. And that's something I'm always going to be a runner. And the reason I'm still running because I'm just a sim, just not, not to be kind or anything. I'm good at it. And I'm still being the, the kid, the, the athlete who are half of my age. And I say, you know what? If I can, if I can still make a team and I can be a, still part of the team USA, why should I retire? Mm-hmm. And I'm still good at it. And I say, you know what? If you want me to retire, if I was like, if I was 10th place or the 20th, if I'm like, just like a dead last on the group, just going there, I'm not making any teams. Then the people will have me the right to ask like, why you keep doing it? I say, but I'm not, I'm still making teams, taking still spots from the young guys. And, and that still drive me that competitive side of me. Just, you know, I just love competing. Yeah, I think it, I think I read it in one of the little like clips in the book. You know, you had like different pieces where people have interviewed you and things that you've said in 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 different interviews. And I think one of the people that um, was quoted, I can't even remember who, but they were kind of like, "Why are you always talking about age with Abdi? Like that's not that's not what matters." I mean, but it just happens to be a topic of conversation because when people look at the numbers, they think, whoa, that's amazing. That's impressive. Um, out there running with people who are, like you said, half your age. I want to talk about the 2020 trials though, because um, I think a lot of people and, and you even stated it in the book, like might've like not really had their their fingers pegged on on you to be one of those top three. So talk about what you felt going into into the trials. I mean, you you were aiming for one of those spots. Oh, exactly. As as an athlete, you always want to aim for the best, you know. And and that's what I not only for myself, but that's what I expect any athlete who are competing the level that I'm competing. Mm-hmm. If you go to the trials, there's a reason you go in there. There's only three spots open. And they're only taking three people to the Olympics. I don't want to be a participant, you know, just mm-hmm. out there. And, and, that, and I say that at the Olympics too, not only the trials. It's just that, that side of me, just like I just want to compete. And just I believed in myself and my coach believed in me and my friends, my family, my training partners, like all the people that were surrounding me believe in me. But I, and there's some people outside, outside the, you know, like outside, outside of my circle who have, like, you know, the media people, the people who write, you know, magazines, the people who are, like, you know, the chat rooms, you know, like, mm-hmm. messages, you know, but those people, they are, they are fans of the sports, you know, to be honest, without them, we would be nothing, but, and also, they have right to their opinion, you know, and whenever, like, whenever I see people, some of my friends will send me, they see the, who they're going to, who they pick to make the U.S. Olympic marathon team, and I wasn't even like a top five. And, mm. they say, um, and maybe one or two people, they say, oh, you know, I'd be still there. Mm. And the people say, oh, I'd be still there. He, he, he'd be lucky if he gets to top 10, which is like at the end of the day, you know, they don't know what I'm going through. They don't know what I'm doing. You know, if I was injured and I didn't show up, they probably would be right. They say, oh, yeah, I told you. But when I show up and I do something amazing or like, you know, accomplish my goal or something that I've been working toward it, 
they will say, oh my God, that's something like, uh, you know, just defining the odds, you know, but it's not. I just work hard for it and I dedicated myself. Just there's no such thing you call a shortcut. You put the work in it and you get out of what you put into it. That's, that's running. That symbols is that. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I mean, your performance in that race was really incredible. You know, I can't believe it was over a year ago, but I got to see that like sprint towards the finish. Like when it, when it was you and Leonard and, uh, Jacob Riley, um, what an exciting, exciting finish. Um, you know, not making the Olympic team in 2016. Can you walk us through like that year? You then you go on to, to run New York and like kind of where your mindset was as far as career goes? Uh, to be honest, like uh, in 2016, it was a difficult year for me as an athlete. You know, at the end of the day, and this is sports, you know, sometimes you win and you lose. And at the end of the day, you as good as your last race. And that's the business that we're in. And I know that 110%. And in 2016, you know, I did everything that I could to prepare myself, like, you know, just my training, everything. I just did everything. It was a perfect build-up, but like a three weeks out of the trials, I, had, I started getting like a hamstring issue, you know, which is part of running. But I didn't make up to the starting lineup. And simple as that. And like, I'm, I was disappointed I didn't make it. But at the end of the day, it wasn't like an injury that like a, was a life-threatening or just like a ending career, I have to get a surgery. It was just something that I have to rest. You know, I just, it, I was disappointed. But after the race, and I just, and I came to the trials, I watched it, and I just, I was, and I knew I could have made that team if I get to, if I have to start it. Just, you just never know what the outcome would have been. I might would have been maybe six-time Olympian, and then today, so I might would have been just like, Rio would have probably would have been my last Olympics. I don't know. Just but everything happened for a reason in life, and that's just after that race, that Olympic. I watched it, and I was just kind of disappointed. I just when I get healthy, I just dedicated myself again to run New York City Marathon, and it was a redemption. Just and I say, you know, I'm going to show the people I still got it because I know after I didn't show up the trials, people say, oh, Abdi, yeah, he's done. That's it. Mm. This is last Olympic. He have no another chance of making any Olympic team. Like, even though I finished third in New York and I came back following year, I finished sixth, two years out of the trials, I, they still never give me the credit that I deserve, to be honest. And I came back to New York one year before the trials. I finished seventh, I think. I have run like a 211 in New York City course. Just still, but, and I, but they're still trying to run, ride me out. Like, and that's the one thing, like, you have as an athlete, for me, I... One thing I'm proud of myself, I have a strong mind. If I believe something, I can do it, I will go for it. And that's one thing I believed in myself. And I said, man, if I'm running New York City like this, this course, and I look at the American field and I say, you know what, there's a couple of great guys, but you know what, anything can happen. My, ch my chance is as good as anyone else. Third and, place in New uh, York. Yeah. You know, making Olympic teams, making world teams is, is you know, huge pinnacle accomplishments in the sport, but being on the podium at a major marathon is also huge. Is that one of the most uh, special, important moments in your career? Oh, definitely. Yes. It has to be because as, as an athlete, you always want to, you always want to like do something great. Well, I guess your beers, like, you know, just, I know a lot of, there's a lot of people who came before me and 
will, will come after me and you will, you will be defined how you did uh, against a lead athlete like uh, Boston or Chicago or, you know, New York City Marathon, how you did with those elite athletes, the top of the, the cream of the curve of athletes. So for me, I just happened to have a success in New York. I had a great success. Uh, and, and a lot of people don't know that I have run Chicago Marathon in 2006. I was fourth place, 2006. I was, yeah. fourth, in Chicago. I was fourth in Chicago, missed, but missed the podium less than a second. You wow. Know, I yeah, I, I've, I finished top six in Boston Marathon. But, you know, that, and that's something that I'm proud of. You know, a lot of and my peers respected me that. Even some of them still call me through this day. They say, oh, my God, Abdi, I can't believe you're still running. <laughs> you're still uh, competing to the – not even running, the high level. I'm uh-huh. teams, you know, just it's different running and making Olympic teams. So, yeah. So, so cool. Um, can we walk back a little bit? You're, so you're from Somalia and you, your family came to the United States when you were 16. Can you tell us about that time in your life when you realized you had a gift and that you really loved running? The way I started running is totally different from other people. For me, like when I started sophomore, my freshman year of college, uh, a lot of my friends were doing sports and I want to do sports, but I wasn't good at any other sports like, you know, the basketball, the football. I wasn't big enough, football or basketball. But the soccer, you know, you kind of need that, that development at this, such a young age to be a team sports. But for me, the best thing else, the best thing to do was to find something that doesn't need a lot of skills, but that you have to have a talent. But I didn't know how I was – I didn't know that I was good at – in running, but I saw one guy at the University of Arizona. In, I think it was 1995. He was running the pack. Uh, no, it was a dual meet from U of A, ASU, and Central Arizona. And one of the guys was dead last. And I said, if that guy can run, I can run it too. Hmm. So, and I went to the Pimo College coach and I told him I want to join the team. And he asked me, How have you ever run before? I said, I never run before. So when I told him I never run before, you know, just as a coach, you say, oh, okay, this guy's not going to be good. So <laughs> college level, but he said, why don't you come back tomorrow? I came back next day with a pair of shoes and I was wearing boots. I came in second on the team and that was the, I think that's how I found my love of running that day. Hey, everybody, a quick break to thank Beam for supporting this episode of the podcast. I have been looking for a very long time for amazing hydration products, and Beam has a great hydration line that I am loving. Specifically, I love the Recovery Blend. It is an Elevate Recovery Mix, hydrating electrolyte powder formulated with non-GMO collagen peptides, plus BCAA for supportive joint and muscle health. It tastes rejuvenating and it is this fresh lemon taste, no added sugar. I love this product. It is so refreshing, especially after a long, sweaty, hot run. Now, some of Beam's products do contain CBD, but their hydration blends do not. One of the other products I do have to tell you about because I love it so much does have CBD in it, and that is the Dream Nighttime Powder. It is this healthy take on hot chocolate that has a delicious blend of sleep-enhancing vitamins, minerals, nano-CBD, and more. And I take this every night before bed, and it has really helped me calm down, wind down, and relax to get a good night's sleep. 
You all can check out Beam when you go to beamtlc.com. Use the code ANOTHER and that will get you 15% off your order. That's beamtlc.com. Use the code ANOTHER to get 15% off your order. And I hope you all know that when you support sponsors of this podcast, you are directly supporting my work behind the show. So I thank you very much for that. All right. Enjoy the rest of my conversation. You know, one of the parts of your story that I admire and love so much is, you know, after you ran at Pima College, when you went over to the University of Arizona, working with Coach Murray, it's like, I can't believe that you're still working with him. I mean, I can, but it's just really exciting and rare to see a coach-athlete relationship go on that long. So can you talk about your relationship with him? To be honest, you know, Coach Coach Murray, he's my coach over 20 plus years. You know, just I, you know, I always come back to him. I just, there's a point we get to our career right now where I don't even have to, like, we, we don't even have to talk. Sometimes I know what I need to do, just what kind of workouts, you know, just like that. Even if I go training, even if I'm go training with other people, I will tell him what I'm doing on the work. And he, and he will agree with me and he knows what works for me. And he doesn't agree with tell me, say, that's not going to work for you. You know, just, and it's like a, it's a friendship and it's also, and it's a father figure to me, to be honest, it's like, it's someone that I love and I would do anything for him. So it just, and it's someone that I care about. Yeah. It's super, super cool to, to see, you know, some of the, uh, reoccurring characters in, in your story with running that I got to learn a lot about that you guys are all going to get to learn a lot about when you read Abdi's book, um, Meb. Kip, Ryan Shea, um, Bernard, so many incredible athletes that you have talked about and that have been big players in your training and your life with running. So can we just learn a little bit about what running with these guys and training with these guys has done for you? Uh, you know, it, it does a lot of my career, actually, to be honest. Like uh, for me, like uh, Bernard is a, He's a, one of my close friends, my training partner, and, you know, Map. <laughs> we make our first Olympic together, you know, walking down finish ceremony, just like we were roommate in our first Olympics. We were second, we make second Olympics together, you know. We just, we have accomplished a lot of great thing in me and Map, And also, we were training partners too, just so we were, we were, we were like a, like, and also Cold Paper, I remember one time they used to call us the big three, me, Map. And Alan Culpepper, they used to call it the big three because we will make every team. So this, like they say, oh, the big three are coming today. So who's going to be the fourth place? Because mm-hmm. they already know who's going to go one, two, three. And that's how close I, I was with Map and Bernard and Ryan Shea, one of my close friends. You know, I have lived with him. I built up in the Olympics in 2018. And that's someone that I was close to, Ryan, just and still through this day. I talked to his brothers. I talked to his family. So, you know, just... He was a great guy, just and also a hard, hard worker. So we used to call him the, the workhorse. <laughs> I loved reading about your relationship with Ryan and also his wife, Alicia. And, you know, I just, I can't imagine what you all as elite athletes in the field with Ryan, not just that day that he passed away, but just um, losing such a, an athlete, like a friend that you are so 
close with. And then, and, and that day in your career was also a hard day athletically. So, um, you know, how, how did you walk through that? And can you share a little bit about just your relationship with him and, and how awesome his wife, Alicia is? You know, Ryan was, you know, that Ryan was my roommate, the first training camp I ever went in my life, you know, just that, and that's what it was in Mammoth, California, 2004. And Ryan was my roommate, me and Ryan, we used to live together in an apartment, the green roof. And Ryan used to make some great food. I mean, I remember he used to make this veg. I never liked the vegetarian food, so I just <laughs> like meat. But Ryan, I used to make this nice veggie tofu. He said, this, I'm just, I'm, let's take a break from the meat so I'll make. And I said, I don't like, vegeta- like vegetarian food that much. But he makes some good, like a tofu. So, you know, just, it was, it was just a nice guy, just someone that I can talk to easily. We talk. We, we all and we used to talk us us out of running business wise. And Ryan was a business savvy guy. So too bad we lost him so early. But I think Ryan would have, like he would have changed something about running because that's the kind of person that he was. He always had this big ambition goals what he wanted to do in life. And he was telling me how he wanted to become an agent, just like you know. Mm. And and he was expecting the shoe company to treat athletes. But, you know, just he, you know, people talk about things. I And I hear about a lot of people, they say this, this. But Ryan was saying the thing that people say now 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And just, it was amazing. And also, you know, Alicia was, you know, Alicia and Ryan, when they, it was amazing. I used to live with them. And Alicia was, even when Ryan passed away, it was a difficult time for me. Uh, you know, I was in, because I was close I was close to Ryan and there's a point we were like inseparable but we used to go like camps and first time I came into Flagstaff I came with him like we stayed at Flagstaff dorms you know just we have a lot of we have a lot of good times me and Ryan a lot of good memories just just training together and and I remember going to his funeral in Michigan it was just one of the saddest days but at the end of the and then I get to talk to his brother his sisters and, you know, just his family. And they told me like, you know, just Ryan is in a better place. Just, and that's, that comfort me to be honest when they say that. So. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was, was I mentioned all these, all these guys that you've trained with and raced with. You, you talked about you and Alan and med, they called you the, what did they say? The top, the three, what did you call it? The big three. The big three. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think it's really cool that what you guys did and and continue to do is is change that american mindset and like getting really like in the game we've kind of seen like recently and in, in women's american distance running we've seen this resurgence right and like the american women doing super well but you guys were doing that what i guess 15 20 years ago now so can you talk about going into in a race and competing from the front like that, like on a world level, because I think other Americans need to see Americans doing that to think I can do that too. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that one up. You know, that, that at the end of the day, the, you know, for us, when we were running, I just, especially personally me, when I was running for me, I wasn't afraid of anybody. It doesn't matter who was in the race. I just, I always want to win. And just for me, I wasn't, and I wasn't like just trying to beat the, like, uh, you know, my country man or, you know, 
just someone who's from the U.S. I'm not trying to be the first American. I'm trying to be the first overall in that race. It doesn't matter who is in the race. It can be American. It can be all the Kenyans, all the Ethiopians, all everybody. For me, I want to beat everybody. I don't want to only beat the American. But I think it's at, we had, at some point we have the mentality of just like a watching each other. So I want to be the first American. And just like and, and I think we kind of changed that mentality. And also the women is like, if you want to talk about the great women, you know, Dina Castro opened the doors for a lot of women. To mm-hmm. be honest. She has run like a 219 at the, like when, uh, 2000, early 2000 with the, without the super shoes, all the stuff. <laughs> right. Without the people talking about it now. But I'm, I'm no one have run even fast. I'm like, we talk about like me, I have run like now, nowadays, like people, when they hear like, oh, Olympic trial qualifier is 27, 24. That was like, for me, it used to be like a normal race for me. I used to run like every year, like a 27, 20, 27, like 20. Every year we used to run, Mev used to run. Mev has run like a 27-13. I've run like a 27-14. You know, we used to run like low 27. And now these days, like everybody running like a 27, let's say 27-20 or like a 27-10 with the super shoes with all the technology. Mm. At the end of the day, nothing wrong with it, but like the talent is there. So just, just like, uh, you know, just like for us, and I'm glad the technology changed because we don't want to stuck with the one thing every year. So I don't expect people to be wearing the same shoes that I was wearing for 20 years ago because I'm, I'm wearing the same shoes they're wearing now. So I'm glad we, 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 we paved the way for a lot of athletes. So, and I hope they realize that like, as we did, like uh, for us, that Bob Kennedy, someone that I look up to for me is a Bob Kennedy because I used to watch him running 5,000 against the Kenyans and you see the Bob Kennedy by himself, only the white guy who's in the front or the American guy who is in the front, like uh, fighting with the Kenyans, you won't see anyone else. So, you know, so I look up to someone like that. So like Bob Kennedy, like a Todd William, those guys have a, opened the door for us and then we just carry on. And, you know, and that's one of the things that's so cool is that like you were racing with these guys and now you're still racing. What has, have you seen change? Like what have been the big changes in the sport over these last 20 ish years you've been racing as a pro? Yeah, you know, the technology, not when it comes to technology, when it's come to like the hydration, when it comes to like a, not, not a supplement, like energy drink. Like I remember before, like there was no such a thing you call like Mortron or Carmina Vitals. Mm-hmm. There's no such a thing, energy drinks like that were like efficient design for athletes. We used to just drink like, a, just some people used to drink Coca-Cola, flat Coca-Cola, just so they can get some sugar. You know, things change just like, there's a lot of things like the tracks are mando now, much faster than the track we used to run, you know, the shoes, everything. Like you have the four percent like a percentage shoes, like four percent, like alpha fly. It just you have like everything that like things are not the same, definitely. Yeah. Um and tell me what you think about the shoes. I'm just curious, since you brought it up, it wasn't like on my notes to talk about, but I'm just I'm just so curious. Like, you know, if if you threw on a pair of shoes you would have been racing in fifteen years ago compared to the shoes you're racing in now, tell me the real difference that you really feel. Oh my God. The, I have worked, you know, the, like the, the recovery, the recovery part of it. I remember just running a marathon in New York, my first marathon, just wearing regular shoes, like regular racing plus. I remember how beat up my legs was. And now I wear the 4% of the shoes and I just feel like I didn't even run a marathon, even though you have to train for it. But it just, 
it will give you like a easy to recover. You don't get as much pounding on the ground as the old shoes, you know, just because you have so much support and cushioning. Yeah, it's crazy the way that it's changed. I I heard Ryan Hall being interviewed about this and talking about the shoe technology and and how like I think he kind of had the same sentiments as you. Like it's it's really cool to see like now that things have changed. Like what's the next level we can get to in these shoes? But you do still have to look back at those times that like you mentioned Dina Castor ran without the super shoes. It's insane. Definitely, that's the truth though. You cannot take anything away from Dina, but just ask yourself, where should have she run if she would have the super shoes? To be honest, like wow. if she have everything that they have now and in her prime, like you put Dina in her prime with the everything, all the technology they have now. Oh my God, I don't know. The sky is the limit to be <laughs> honest. And that goes for everybody though. Not, I'm not only saying for Dina, that goes for everybody, all, all the athletes who come before us. Definitely, just like, you know, just, but that's just the world that we live in on, you know, like 20, 40 years ago, the cars are not the same as they are today. Okay, let's, let's move on to, you know, you mentioned Chicago 20, 2006, 2006, man, time flies, 208.56, that's still your PR today, isn't it? Yep, it's still my PR. Okay, tell me this. Um, what's your favorite marathon course that you've that you've run on? Not two marathons are the same. For me, I like New York City to be honest, and I like Boston too. Boston is one of my favorite, even though I never had one of my some of my best races there. But I love Boston, just the crowd. To be honest, Boston is one of the, you know, just Boston is just a Boston. It's not the easiest course. It's not the, you know, it's not the most forgiving course. But it's <laughs> the the atmosphere is the best. And New York comes second. Yeah, stop there. You go Boston over New York, though. Okay, that's always my question because I've, I've run Boston several times and only New York once. And when, by the time I ran New York, I was like, oh, hands down, this one's my favorite. Yeah, and I like New York, too, to be honest. I like New York, but I like, I like Boston, too. So, But I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to take both cities since I'm in Arizona, so definitely. So I like New York City and I like the Boston. So if I was from Boston, I would say I'll... I love Boston. And if I was from New York, uh-huh. New York so. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, yeah, Arizona, when you, your family moved to the United States, you landed there and you're just, you're a lifer. You're just still there. I'm still here. Yep. I'm still Arizona. Still, I call myself a native. So I've just never left since I landed here. So. Yeah. It sounds like you're like, um, you're just like the Flagstaff guy. You know everybody. You know everybody in the city there. Why is what about Arizona? Is it that makes you want to stay? Arizona is that I, 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 I just love the weather. I love the atmosphere. It's easy. Just a new, just not a too big of a city. And, and also, I live in Tucson too. For me, and it's the best of both worlds. Where can you go from your house? And then, if you want to go to altitude training, you only drive two and a half hours, and you're in about seven thousand. Mm. there's only a few places in the world you can do that so I'm just happened to be one of them hey friends one more quick break here to thank whoop for supporting this episode of the podcast whoop is a fitness wearable that provides 24 7 personalized insights around your sleep recovery and daily activity Whether you're training for your first 5K, you're a multiple-time marathoner, Whoop can help you train smarter. 
The way I see it is, is we put so much time into our training, so much physical energy, emotional energy into it. We might as well make sure we're doing it well. We're getting the recovery that we need. What I love about Whoop is they have a built-in feature that helps you and coaches you so that you know, hey, if you've overworked your body, you need a little bit more recovery. You might need a little more sleep and it even tracks your sleep. And it also, one thing I love, it helps encourage you to make healthy choices. You might notice that you're a little more restless if you have alcohol before bed, things like that. It entices you to make good, healthy choices in your everyday life. I know for me, if I have more than one glass of red wine, my sleep is restless and Whoop lets me know. So you all can check it out and save when you go to whoop.com and use the code ANOTHER for checkout. That will get you 15% off. So go to whoop.com, use the code ANOTHER, and you'll get 15% off your order. Sleep better, recover faster, and run faster. Get to the start line healthy with Whoop. And one more thing I want to let you know, we are giving away a Whoop strap plus a six-month membership over on my Instagram today. So make sure you head over there. The contest goes from today, Friday, July 23rd to Sunday, July 25th. So make sure you head over at Lindsay Hine 626. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y 626 to enter to win a Whoop strap plus a six-month membership. All right, enjoy the rest of my conversation. Oh, you know, one of the people I forgot to mention when I met, when I listed off uh, the names of, of training partners and people over the years, do you know who I'm going to say that I forgot? Who? Mo Farah? Oh, Mo, yeah, that's my little brother, so it's okay. <laughs> I totally left him out, though, because I was going to bring up him finally convincing you to go back over to, where did you guys go, Ethiopia to train? Yeah, we go to Ethiopia to train, yeah. Tell us about how it took you so long to get back to Africa and then go to Ethiopia, and why? Why were you so hesitant to go back and do a training camp over there? I wasn't hesitant. You know, at the end of the, I, I, like, to be honest, at the beginning of my career, I was comfortable being in just in Tucson and training with Bernard. You know, I already have a training group. And just, and I never been outside the country. And if I need altitude, I could, I could just come to Flagstaff or just go to the Mammoth. And just, and I meet up my friends when I go to Europe, like, you know, just, it was, I was at a different point of my career. But at the end of the day, and it's not something that I regret not doing it, but something I just, I wasn't into it actually, just I was comfortable where I was, you know, mm-hmm. just. I was young, I just, and I had people to train with, and just, and I was having a great success. But once you, once you went, what year was that? Uh, 2015, it wasn't even that long ago. No, it wasn't. Okay, what did you discover once you went? Uh, you know, I discovered just, the, to be honest, the same thing. I knew that, you know, people just work harder, just like I trained the same way that I trained me and Mo. I just, only the difference was like, uh, sometimes if I'm tired, I can take a day, but, you know, when you have like, when you have like a 20 or 30 people doing the same thing that you're doing, so just you, you can all, you expect to work hard every day because even if you're not feeling well, you'll be just keeping up with people who are feeling fresh. So you get a better workout as a group and just it was amazing. And also learning from, uh, you know, like uh, for me, going back to 
Ethiopia and seeing this time as an adult going back to, you know, seeing Ethiopia, see how they train, you know, just but sometimes even though I have a lot of Ethiopian friends, Kenyan friends, just learning how they train and then just seeing like, you know, they don't train any different than we do. They just wanted more. <laughs> oh, really? You think that? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, you know, but I think like, you know, just when you go to Ethiopia, you see like, okay, like you, there's a grass place they call satellite. You see there's so many groups and each group's almost over a thousand people running. Like you see like sometimes there's no even place to run. People are just running all over the place. And you know, like and it's eight thousand above sea level, almost eight eight, almost nine thousand actually. And those a thousand people, like maybe two or three or five of them will survive the group or get better. Mm. And then you will race those five. <laughs> when you come here, you race those five the best you you're raising the best of their best. Man, that's so many people. Like those groups are so Yeah. So big. Yeah. Um, talk to us about the first time you went back to Somalia. Oh man, first off, first time I went back to Somalia was in Somalia in Hargeisa. It was the best experience and it's something that I would love to do it every year as much, as long as I can. I was going to do it this year, but I just didn't have enough time this year because just Olympic was coming up and I was just coming back from injury in January. So, you know, just, I didn't have enough time. But, you know, it was the best experience because that's where I was born. That's, you know, that's where my extended family is, you know, just just seeing them and going back home. It was amazing. Yeah, I can't imagine. Did your mom move back there? I thought you said in the yeah. book somewhere that she and yeah. a couple sisters maybe do. Yeah, yeah. Not only my sisters did. No, my mom did. Okay. And your mom's back there now? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, let's Let's shift and talk about, you know, going from being a 10,000 meter runner to a marathoner and what the decision was like when you, you know, because what is so 2000 Sydney, 2004 Athens, 2008 Beijing, and then 2012 London is when you did the mar Well, you qualified in the marathon. So talk to us about that transition. Cause you kind of went back and forth a little bit before saying, Hey, I'm sticking to the roads. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh for me, like, I was a good 10,000-meter runner, good, like, middle distance, 5,000, 10,000, up to marathon. I was great. And 2004, no, 2004, I made a decision to run the New York City Marathon. You know, it, didn't, it was my first marathon. I prepared well, you know, did a lot of good build-up, and I got injury, didn't go the way I wanted. And, you know, the marathon always... You know, it's the hard. It's, if, if things don't go your way, marathon is, is very difficult. And I remember crossing the finish, crossing the finish line and saying I'm not going to do that again in the marathon. So I came back again 2015, did pretty all right. And this, I, you know, I still focus on the shorter distance. I still like the 10,000 meter. And marathon actually did help me at my strength because that's when I started running. Like I did run my best years of track season 2005 through 2008 while I was doing the marathon on the side to doing one or two marathon, one marathon a year. And the rest of the time I was doing for, I was doing the 10,000 meter. That did help my endurance. That's when I run my PR from all the way 5,000 through the marathon, through the half marathon, everything. So just, and I think my marathon was a big part of my progression as a runner 
and I learned a lot of a lot from running marathon training for it and after 2008 Olympics that's when I decided to commit to the marathon because I knew I would be a you know great marathoner just because of my the success that I have on even though I wasn't focused 100% to the marathon were you a high mileage 10,000 meter runner no I wasn't I wasn't a high I was a never high mileage guy for me even now I do I don't do I don't even get to 100 I do like 90 to 100 if I'm, really yeah if I'm pushing I'll get to 100 that that's so interesting I feel like it seems like so the norm these days that all the all the marathoners are like 100 plus milers you just find find a sweet spot like where you know your body is happy and that's where it is Exactly, yeah, and that's and you have to know as an athlete, you have to know your body. For me, if I go over 100 miles, if I go over 110 miles, 100, 120, that's when I start break down. It's just mm. like I'll have ache, pain, just you know, just have a little minor injury, small one. So yeah, and I just try to stay as healthy as I can. I mean, this is such a boring and basic question, but like, well, I'm 37, so I know when I go out and run, I just it takes me like three miles before I, my body is like loosened up and feeling fresh, which it, it, as, I, as I age, it does take me a little bit longer. So talking to someone who is running on the Olympic team a few years ahead of me, do you, I mean, is that still the case for you? I mean, you know, age is, age is just a number, whatever, but also our bodies are aging. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, just definitely like, you know, is it is difficult the first couple of like miles. I just, but for me, uh, also, I just does. I do a lot of stuff. I don't just start running like mm. in the morning. I wake up sometimes. I, I do a lot of stretches. I do a lot of like you know roll, just like a, like just little activation thing, just little exercises, and that helped me a lot to just move much faster than normal. Okay, so tell us, Abdi, about the foundation that you are going to start, or have you already started it? No, I haven't started. We're still doing the paperwork, so I didn't know how how hard it was to start a foundation, <laughs> foundation. So it just, like, it, it is going to take time, but you know, it's something that I want to do just at the end of, just not something I want to do for program. They're just something that I want to give back. And just, you know, there's a lot of people who, who would love to get the help, you know, just, they just need that little push, just like a little thing they're on the edge, you know, just if, if someone just give them the opportunity, they can be great, you know, just, and, and only the reason I say that, because just I'm, I'm an example of that, you know, I just, I needed the help, I, and I have the talent that I just needed someone to tell me I can do it, or just someone to give me an opportunity, and that's, that's the part of this foundation, to be honest, like, it's something that I want to do, just give it back into my community in Arizona, back home, you know, all over the world, to be honest. And who were those people for you? Uh, those people are just my coaches. And, you know, just there's a lot of people. I wish I could name everybody, but just mm -hmm. my parents, you know, my coaches, my friends, just, yeah. One thing you talk about in the book is is not regretting choices you've made in the past and, and like different things that have happened and how different pieces of your career worked out. And I, and I think that's so relatable to anybody's life, right? So looking back on this like long of, of a career that you've had, what would be your advice to, let's say like a, you know, a 25, 30 year old runner who's like kind of still in their early years of pro running and maybe has an injury or maybe like did, 
you know, the 10K when they, looking back, wish they would have stayed with the 5K. Like, what's your message to that person? Well, you know, the, uh, to be honest, that's a, that's a very, very difficult question, to be honest. At the end of the day, you can give advice to somebody. You can tell, you can, you can tell them, like, not to give up, not to do this. You know, at the end of the day, you're not the one who's dealing with this situation. It's that mm. person giving advice. But it just, like, the best thing I can tell, I just tell them to follow their heart, you know, and, just, and, I, and, I, say, and I told people, don't make decisions based on hunger or emotional or just, you know, have to say, you know, before you make decisions when everything is good, working perfect for you, that's when you define, that's when the characters comes out. Like, if you just make based decision on your hunger or just something, it's something that you're going to regret. You say, oh, I should have not done that. Just, uh, but for me, every time I like, things were not going well for me, I was injured. I did not plan my coach. I did not plan my friends. I didn't plan anybody. I just took the time off. I just let it heal. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to take the time off. Just, just do something else besides running. Go hang out with your friends. Just do good. Like, just, just do something else. And I said, I told people, just follow your heart and just don't, don't make a decision based on the emotion or it's something that's happening in your life at that moment. Man, that's good advice. It's so easy to be reactionary too, right? Like in the moment, like make a, make a decision right in that moment when things feel like really heated and, and crazy. That's great advice. I know it's a hard question to answer, but um, I think that's really, really sound advice. Um, okay, Opti, just tell us your last feelings like about going into into Tokyo and and what's on your mind? How are you feeling? Oh man, uh, Tokyo! I can't even I, I I can't even believe it. We only like less than eight weeks. I think almost like yeah, less than eight weeks. Less than eight weeks before my race. You know, just I think I'm feeling pretty good. I'm in the right place. Training's going well. I'm still building. Uh, you know, still building. You know, just I. It's not where I'm not where I want to be, but uh, but I'm getting better though. I'm I'm healthy, and I will take this this build up with any other build up. You know, just and I think it's gonna be great. I'm excited, and you know, just I'm gonna give myself a chance. That's it. Go there, compete, and they don't give based on the past, but let the best man win in the Olympics. Yeah, I love that mindset. That's so good. Okay, Abdi, what's something professionally, you've done so much professionally, I can't imagine what you're going to say. What's something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, something that I haven't done yet. I just, I want to I get started my foundation. That's one thing I want to do. I'm still working on it. That's high on my list. That's a lot. That's a lot of work, man. I I can imagine like all the all the paperwork and all the all the files you gotta you gotta make. I, I and thought was, I thought it was easy, but man, I don't know what I'm getting to myself. But I'm excited. But I think it's gonna make people's lives better. And just if that's what it takes, why not? It'll be worth it. It'll be hard, but it'll be worth it for sure. Who is someone fun? motivating or inspiring that you would like to have coffee tea or a cocktail with oh man i like i, I don't know to be honest president obama love it i thought you were gonna oh, say bono obama. either yeah that's that's the one thing either bono or president obama one of those men <laughs> i love that you're into you too tell me what other music you're into Ah, YouTube is my favorite. No, even not nothing else comes close to YouTube. But other than that, I'll listen to any other country music. I like 
every music. I like all music, R&B, hip hop, country music, whatever's in the radio. I love it. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Ah, uh, the U2. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you've got, you've seen it. Of course you've seen him in concert. You can't talk about him that highly without seeing him in concert. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Oh man. It was a Michelle Obama. Oh, Becoming. Yep. Becoming. That's so good. Did you do audio or did you read it? I read it when I was in Ethiopia. Ah, love it. Okay. Abdi, here's our last question today. What is your last message you would like to leave the audience with? Follow the path of your destiny. Follow the path of your destiny. I love it. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. And when does the book officially drop, by the way? I think we're, we're hoping it's going it to drop on July 29th. No, July 9th. Okay, July 9th. Okay. Wow, I feel super special that I've already read it. It's really good. You guys, you guys will like it, and it'll be so fun to... I mean, it's, it's like with a career that long, it's just being able to, to read it, like broken down how you broke down each like segment is, is really cool. So I think that people are really going to enjoy it. Thank you so much for your time, Abdi. All right. Thank you for having me. Have a great rest of your day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Abdi, for coming on the show. You all make sure you go check out Abdi's new book and support this amazing runner, Abdi's World. I will link it in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. You all can find Abdi on social media. He is Abdi Runs on Instagram. You can find me on social media. I am lindsayhine626 over there at Lindsay Hine on Twitter, and we have a Facebook group and page. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Would love to have you join us in the group. We have a lot of fun over there. Head over to the show notes, lindsayhine.com, to check out our sponsors for today, Gooder, Whoop, and Beam. I've got discount codes on all of those sponsors over on the show notes, lindsayhine.com. If you want to be added to our newsletter, email Emma, emma at sandyboyproductions.com. And those show notes get emailed to you every week. So you don't have to go looking on the internet for anything. You can just get them emailed to your inbox the day the episode airs. So anything we talk about, links, books, sponsors, they will be sent directly to your inbox. All right, friends. I appreciate you so much. I'm so thankful you're here today. We will see you next Friday with an episode with Kate Grace, who is having just a really awesome string of runs here. And in the episode with her, we talk about way more than her recent runs. We also talk about the 2016 trials and the Olympics. And, you know, this is the first time I'd ever interviewed Kate. So we really packed a lot into one episode. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss that. All right, friends, have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we'll see you next Friday.